Hello friend, welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 4, Episode 7, it is called 407, Proxy Authentication Required. So, full spoilers for the episode as always, and I'm really going to emphasize it this time, full spoilers <laughs> for the episode, and this is one of these episodes where it kind of recontextualizes the entire show up until this point, so I'm going to make it very clear again. <laughs> Full spoilers yeah. before I, you watch this. I've been dodging spoilers all day because I, I was working a late shift tonight mm-hmm. uh, and I couldn't watch it until after. And uh, it was kind of a, a different day to usual. So I was kind of on my phone a lot. And, you know, I'm scrolling through Reddit and I'm seeing things like, oh, this episode. I'm like, don't click on it. Whatever you do, do not accidentally click on that. And oh my God, I was, I was genuinely worrying th- at some points that I was just going to accidentally tap something and see it. This is a big, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't actually see any buzz about it. I watched it early enough, uh, you know, like, I yeah. watched it before I went to sleep. I watched it, you know, yesterday. Um, not knowing anything, obviously expecting good things because it's Mr. Robot, not knowing, you know. But, but were you expecting, you know, maybe a new best episode? <laughs> oh, that's bold. That's, that's, that's bold to go straight there. Um, but I was not expecting the... I, I guess because the type of episode this is, I kind of expected right at the end, as opposed to halfway through the season. Now, don't get me wrong, I can kind of see why it's halfway through the season. I can see a lot of development to come post this with, you know, his relationship with Darlene, for example, and other things like that that will develop. And mm. um, This is by no means an ending, but this is a game-changing episode that... <laughs> Do you know what I love about this? And this is true of... And I'm not going to say what it is yet. We're going to go through this in order. I've got extensive notes. And it's funny because you think, oh, it's all set in one apartment. Like, surely there's less notes than normal. No, I was so worried about missing a prominent line. I have written down so many freaking lines of dialogue that I have more notes than I've ever had. So... But this episode, like, it's such a game-changing episode that it completely upends everything that, that we've yeah. ever known. But what I love about it is that it's not actually that... Like, if you go back and look, right, because I was sort of glancing through Reddit after I watched the episode because, you know, it was like, I, I wanted... I basically, I wanted people to post screenshots and clips from all the episodes because I, I immediately wanted to rewatch the whole show. I immediately wanted to go back to the episode one and start watching with this knowledge in mind and, yeah. and reread several scenes with this this new knowledge. And people are posting, you know, things about, you know, here's a, here's a here's a conversation from episode one about Elliot being scared to go home, and here's a conversation like, and and all these things add have a whole new context. But what's so great about this is that yes, if you look if you look deep enough on Reddit or or wherever, there's a couple of guesses here or there from all the way back in season two, they got it right, and the reason why they got it right is because it's not actually a completely out of left field like twists or anything like that it no. actually adds up it actually just makes a whole lot of sense in fact one of the things that i have learned since this episode aired is that did which is what elliot has has meant the medical term that he actually is diagnosed with um the most common cause of that is what is revealed in this episode so anyone who knows that and has been watching this show could have made that call based on just what they know about the real world maybe they know someone with the condition maybe whatever and they would have gotten it right just because the show is actually well researched and knows what it's doing. It's it's one of those things that there's a point in this episode where you kind of know where this yeah, is you, going for certainty. You right? start to dread it coming because you're you're hoping it won't go there. You can feel it and you're like, but, no, don't go but you there. Know, and, and your mind is going back to prominent episodes 
uh, prominent moments from very early episodes. Uh, we'll get to some of those later. Oh, absolutely. I mean, actually, the first thing I noted down in my notes here when I did my second viewing is uh, 2.35 to 1, which obviously I love when shows do this. But notably, Mr. Robot, this is the second time it's done it. And, you know, when I first started watching the episode the first time, I thought, hey, the last episode did this was the one where he was suicidal and he was with Trenton's little brother. And again, the new information in this episode kind of neatly kind of actually connects the two of them thematically that tells you why these two are paired in some way. Do you know what's funny about that? You know, the, the using the aspect ratio, especially when a TV show does it, we go, oh, it's going to be more cinematic, right? And that's mm-hmm. the, the general, you know, the, the, the buzzword that is used. When this is a straight up stage play. Yeah, this is more of a stage play, uh, even though, again, it is 2.35 to 1, so it is inherently more cinematic, and even the lenses are different, it looks more cinematic, but it is structured in five acts, it even comes up saying act one, two, three, blah, 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 uh, and I'm not going to take credit for this one, but I did see online, and actually, it kind of works when you look at what's in each act. Each act is one of the five stages of grief. Act one <laughs> is uh, is denial. Uh, Elliot denies the problem that he's in. Mr. Robot's trying to convince him, blah, blah, blah. Act two is anger. That's where Mr. Robot actually sort of takes over and kind of challenges Vera, kind of thing. Act three is uh, bargaining. Oh, I've got a plan. I can get you money. Blah, 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 right? Act four is depression. We'll go into what the depression is later. And then act five is acceptance, at least to some degree. Um, Again, we'll get there. Yeah. But, that's that's quite amusing and clever. Uh, yeah, very but, you know, good. The extent to which this feels like a stage play, you know, it's it's all in the one location. This feels like you can scale this to any stage in terms of the production budget. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, this other than opening, getting out of the cart, the very, very, very start. Uh, all of us in Chris's apartment is all in her either sort of living room, kitchen area, which is all kind of one connected room, or the the office, or the office. Yeah, her her yeah. you know therapist office, and. It goes back and forth between there. Uh, the other thing that makes it feel like a stage play, um, all in the act breaks, is very much the music. It goes very theatrical and over the top in a very dramatic way. I would go one step further. On the thunder. Uh, the thunder the as well thunder. is very yeah. stage play-esque. It is. Uh, the music to the point where, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, I say I can see this scaling to any size theatre production, mm. is that you can, I can see this music, okay, you could have an actual orchestra, you know, at the bottom of your of your pit and and actually playing it you know there or i can see this you know okay on the cheaper productions stick this on a cd and time it right you can it it would scale so well uh and and that's you know a, a compliment in in this regard it wouldn't even surprise me if they do like a one-off special or something like that where esme actually goes and directs like a production of this for stage i, I could see it yeah yeah uh, that, that would be kind of glorious maybe i mean it was totally telling us now but it was the sort of thing where let's say this wasn't the last season there was another season to go it's the sort of thing you might do right before the finale like we'll do a stage production of that one episode that was a stage play you know yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah um, I, I could see that that'd be a blast uh, oh there is one notable scene where the music actually kind of regresses uh, that's, that's, that sounds negative i don't mean it in a negative way it, it goes it, back to what you think of from yeah it, it goes more show. ethereal again and i think it it's right to do it at that moment when it does because it's a very serious moment whereas obviously because the theatricality even though it works in a very kind of you know, clashy way that the Mr. Robot sometimes will play with, ultimately when it gets to the emotion of the, the big beat that we're going to get to, it makes sense to not betray that by having the gimmick kind of interfere well, with it. Worth noting though, even when we get to that point, it doesn't revert to the, the regular synths and such, that, or the piano that we're used True, to yeah. on this. It still goes with the, the operatic strings that it has been using the, the entire episode. It just uses them 
more delicately. Yes, but it's not doing da na na na. Exactly. Yeah, it's using them properly. Uh, For an example, there's actually you know during one of the speeches at the end, uh, the very last uh, one, there is a gorgeous rendition of one of the main themes. Um, it's been around since I think at the start of the show, mm. uh, and it's it's this phenomenal orchestration and arrangement of it. Um, it it's just fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and another thing I noticed about this because obviously this season, and we don't see any other characters. We stay at this house. We don't see Darlene or 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 uh, Dom or whoever. We stay at this house, and one of the neat things here is that this show has been moving not quite in real time, but very condensed time, especially over the last three or four episodes, where it was Christmas Eve. I uh, went to see Olivia. Then it was Christmas night in the woods. Then it was Christmas morning. They had a little heist that was silent, and then we had the last episode. And then this episode, and we're and I, you know, I said, you know, I don't expect them to get to this Davis meeting for another couple. And again, after this one, I'm like, yeah, there's at least another one before we get to that. Because <laughs> I agree. Because ultimately, Elliot has to get to some sort of state of mind that that makes it possible. I, but I would say the only the only reason to do the Davis meeting next episode would be to do it while Elliot is like this and how that affects it. Yeah, but it's still Elliot because even because what I was going to say. Is that this episode actually transitions them from daylight to to, to night night time? Yes. Um, it's December, of course, so it means that I mean it could only be like it could be five p.m. at the end of this episode. It doesn't have to be late. But I think what's genius about this, just from a, a technical aspect, is that it's easier to hide and transition smoothly indoors where you're only, where you you're choosing to light through the windows yourself. All the lighting through the windows is controlled. It's not the actual daylight. Whereas out in the streets, you're having to pick your times and sort of like yeah. you know shoot at the right. You know, the, the, that twilight magical hour kind of uh, thing. And presumably, it's a lot easier to shoot at night in the sense of there's a period, you know, at the start and end where it's getting dark or getting light. But once it's dark, that's it. It's kind of just dark. Oh, yeah. You can hours. shoot You can shoot any hour you want for the, while it's dark uh, and yeah. do that. Daytime, for them, you can you can cheat daytime, even though technically can, there is yeah. a difference. But uh, you, can, you can notice the difference if you're looking for it. And, you know, I mean, like I say, you can hide it, but it's just more work, right? Yeah. Uh, indoors you can cheat as much as you want and while obviously this show has a lot of great location stuff i think it's genius that the transition from day to night happens in an episode like this where it's never even a thought in our heads that it's this doing that because we're just too wrapped up in the the, the I, I love i i kind of noticed because at the start uh it had that gorgeous light shaft coming through again mm -hmm. uh, from that same window that we were talking about last episode but it was uh, different because it was a little time. bit later yeah it was it was going to the other direction it was, so it was more it was more golden because it was getting to to dusk it was, but even even just you know the direction of the light shaft because before it was hitting towards kind of the leftish way towards the counter, uh, whereas this time it went towards the right where Elliot was sitting. So let's get into it then, because there's so much to talk about. We've spent ten plus minutes before we've even gotten to the actual. Oh, we've spent ten minutes on the fluff. On the technical stuff, we're getting the technical stuff out of the way before we get to the yeah the the, the important uh, character character stuff. So yeah, my first thing was we're all. You know, theatrical music, 2.35 to 1, uh, and I'll talk about when we get to the reveal how it connects to the other episode, uh, and uh, controlling light. So, Act 1. Really easy to, <laughs> to label this one. Just, uh, ju just before we get into it, you know, we're talking, you know, it is split into acts. Um, I want to give USA just a little bit of credit for running this with no ads, because mm. this would be such an easy episode to go, well, there's your ad break, 
And not and notably, um, it was longer as well because of that. It was almost a yeah, full yeah. hour. It was like fifty-seven was. minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So no, I know. Credit where it's due. They've been pretty good to the show, uh, which I didn't know about when I started it. By the way, I just started the episode. And I was like, oh, it's longer. Okay. I I knew because mm-hmm. I saw a tweet from Esmail uh, first thing this morning that popped up on my Twitter saying, "Hey, you know, it's it's uh, you know, no ads." So I thought, okay, it's probably the full hour. Yeah, uh, worth mentioning at the time of recording. This episode is number three. Yeah, number three on IMDb's top TV episodes of all time list. Uh, obviously, it's just generated <laughs> of by voting. all time. Okay. I thought you were um, going to say just of the show. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, number one's an Attack on Titan episode, so take it with a grain of salt. It doesn't really mean much, but... <laughs> Is episode two a Breaking Bad episode or a Game of Thrones episode? Uh, not number two, but I think Ozymandias from Breaking Bad was like number four or five. It was up there. Yeah, I figured. Um, there was some Game of Thrones kind of high up although notably they were all from like 2016 there was nothing from the last <laughs> season be, I'm really intrigued as to what what the number 2 is now well, I can't remember maybe, maybe it was this maybe it was number 2 and not number 3 maybe I'm just misremembering which one it was I didn't I mean, think I was going to have to just a user created list that, that, that didn't help me yeah I didn't think I was going to have to remember uh yeah, never mind. Uh, Google does not help me in this regard. Let's move on. Uh, so, Act 1. Um, so, you know, Elliot's there, he's tied up, and he's immediately, like, thinking about escaping, and Krista and Mr. Robot's walking around, giving the lowdowns, okay, two henchmen, there's a fire escape, what can we do, yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, Krista reveals kind of interesting, Vera mentions that he went back to the Dominican Republic, and he goes on a whole spiel about how he kind of took over the well, island. It's on the island. Yeah. yeah. But as he's telling the story, it kind of fades away as the camera goes overhead over the, you know, over the Paris fireplace through, wall. Through the fireplace, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have this bird's eye shot of Krista. It kind of comes down and looks at her. Uh, very operatic again, the music is, and all this stuff. Um, and it comes back to him and we find out that, you know, he was there for 87 days. Um, and by the 87 days, he, he owned the island. That was him. And then he was bored. And on the 88th day, uh, a shaman was brought to him and gave him a a cocktail. He described it very vividly, but it was a, a lot of nonsense. <laughs> and he was shitting and puking and shitting and puking. There was a back and forth, a shitting and puking. And basically at says... Least it, at least it was a back and forth and not simultaneous. Sure. But he, he's told that he has to go home and that he's been, he's been asleep and he needs to wake up. And he, he, has, he talks on this spiel about how, oh, but... This is my home. Oh, no, wait. New York's really my home. That's where my path really was. And he's like, no, my, that door was closed to me. And then the shaman's like, no, no, you, you must go and reconcile with the who, he who closed that path. And yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, it's Vera doing his thing. He's, he's doing you know his what? spiel. I've, I've, I've always thought Vera, you know, the actor, it was, it was good. He's been fine, right? The entire show. He's great in this uh, episode. But holy shit, this episode is another level. Like, especially, you know, like, even early on in this speech, and he's just going for it. It's you know when he gets up. I think it's around this point in the speech where he gets up and goes and stands by the window. And I'm just like, oh shit, this speech is kind of fantastic, and he is nailing it. Yeah, there's that. There's also even the first moment where he says he promised himself he wasn't going to fanboy. Like there's just little beats yeah. like that that really kind of worked. Um, see so you know, that in New York, being his home, the music gets a bit more emotional when he starts t- talking about that. Like it's a bit more mm-hmm. on the emotional side. Um. And he, he finishes this big speech about how he wants to own New York, about how he wants to own the entire island and it's going to be his. And he sits down in front of Elliot and says, what do you think? And he's all enthusiastic, he's all excited because he's just told his plan. And the first thing out of Elliot's mouth is, where's Krista? He doesn't care. He just doesn't give a shit about his plan. And yeah. this upsets him because he just he grabs the knife and he goes over and starts you know, eating some meat or whatever it is. And 
He's, then that's when he sort of brings up, oh, this is Isaac's knife, my brother, remember him? Hmm? This is probably the knife he killed that Sheila with. Um, and his henchmen kind of laugh, and it's like, so we just got a Sheila reference. So, which, not that Sheila in and of herself is overly important to this episode as a whole, but immediately started connecting things to season one. It immediately started connecting things to the start of the show. I, I think that, and also it's just a... a huge trauma in Elliot's life. Oh, sure, right? yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, it's setting us in that mind frame. Oh, and he brings it up as well. He's, he's like, hey, you know, my, my, my path changed at that event, and I think it did for you too. You know, he keeps, you know, he, he keeps trying to connect them through this kind of shit. Um, and when Elliot's trying to bargain a little bit here, and he's saying, you know, like, don't do this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vera, you know, says, well, to be fair, I did kind of get everything I wanted back when we did this before. You know, Shelly got killed, I got everything I wanted, but Elliot says, well, you didn't get me. And I thought what was interesting about that is that when he says that, like, that, I think that was one of the first times the, the thunder rumbled, is after yeah. he said that. Uh, so I really, I, I can almost see the guy with the big sheet of metal, like, rumbling it off, <laughs> off to guy, the side. Yeah. Uh, so I felt. Um, so he's insistent he has to, he has to see Shayla. And oh, no, sorry. Freudian slip. Uh, has to she Krista and Vera says, "Oh, you just want an introduction, a meet and greet. That's fine, but then I want my introduction." And obviously, we know where he's going with that because we saw what he was getting teased last episode. Kind of just brushes over it right now. Yeah, but it fades to black. That's the end of Act One. Uh, that yeah. was. And again, I love these fades to black. It's it's very much the curtain being drawn. Yeah, that's that's the denial uh, portion over, and we go into Act Two, which is anger. So we're in. We're in the uh, the office, the, the therapist office, and she's there. Uh, she's still gagged for a while. Uh, Vera doesn't really want him to talk to her. He's like, no, no, you got to see her, and that's all you get. Uh, I want to meet Mr. Robot, and I love the way he delivers it. The way he steps in and, you know, tilts his head. and So close. Yeah, uh, it's very much. Um, and what's interesting here, and again, this is kind of foreshadowing in a way, um, is... You know, Elliot's like, no, like, because he says, oh, what do I do? Do I say his name three times? Do I, do I, like, feed you something, put out some candles? Like, how do I call Mr. Robot out? And ultimately, you know, Elliot at one point says, don't don't touch her. And he says, oh, I'm not going to touch her. Uh, I'm just going to take a temperature. And he starts putting his hand up Krista's leg. And it's very intimidating. It's very, very aggressive. And he says, oh, I won't do anything. But, you know, my henchman here, he just got out of prison. He's, you know, he's been looking at her all day with those eyes. Like, you know, he's going to have to feed soon. And it's very notable to me that it's the threat of sexual violence where Mr. Robot appears and says, all right, F-Face, like, what yeah, do you want? and I love the appearance because uh, when we see Elliot, he's been physically held, I think, by yeah. the two henchmen at this point, yeah. uh, you know, on, on either arm. And then when Mr. Robot's there, he's, he's smug. He's up against the book, bookshelf at the back. Uh, henchmen are not in shot at all. And uh, I actually, I was still in the, the F-Face line from a little bit later. What he actually says here is, you want to talk? Let's talk. Um, very, very, you know, traditional kind of line, but beautiful uh, in how it's delivered here. And he comes in and he's like, oh, how do I know it's you? And he's sort of looking him up and down. And there's a moment here where uh, Peanuts, one of the henchmen, uh, doesn't like that he calls him uh, F-Face. He doesn't, you know, he calls uh, Vera F-Face. And he pulls out his gun. He's like, oh, where's that, you know, that uh, wasn't oh, not my cheesemo. Uh, courage, confidence. Or, courage. It was courage. Yeah. yeah. Where's where's that courage now? And he just sort of turns and looks right at the gun, and says, "Right here, or right the f here." Um, yeah. And you know, and Vera, Vera, there's a lot of moments in this episode where Vera kind of tells him, "Like, calm down, stop doing your stupid shit, keep your mouth shut, like let this play out." Like he keeps keeps doing that. 
and he gets so annoyed at his henchmen, doesn't he? But he gets he kind of gets giggly in Mister Robot. It was funny. He's like, "Oh, it's just it's a bit of a trip. Like it's like I'm actually talking to someone else." He's like, "Well, you are. So keep talking." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so very good. And he, you know, and it gets to kind of the crux of the matter. What Vera wants to know is, "Why are you here?" Which is essentially the question that this episode is going to answer: is why does Mister Robot exist? That's it's, where we're going. It's been a question for the you know the whole show, really. Yeah, and it, you know I think it's the the wise choice to have in a whole episode about that, like about that revelation. The entire thing revolves around getting to that 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 moment. Oh, definitely. So he says, "Why are you here?" Um, and he says, "Well, when assholes like you roll around, I make sure there's someone on his side. You know, so you're out from." And he, he cracks some jokes about, "Oh, you're the, you're the muscle, not doing a very good job because look at the position you're in now, that kind of stuff." Um. And he, he, you know, he re, re asked the question again. He's like, "Oh, you know, so tell me why you're here." And actually, what you do, why you're here? And he just says he needed me. And what I thought was interesting here is that Mister Robot immediately tries to change the subject. He tries to flip it to say, "Okay, but what the hell do you even want anyway, Vera? What's your plan? What's going on?" And he actually does that multiple times. He does yeah. that uh, twice here because again, Vera brings it back round to talking about why he exists, and again, uh, Mister Robot deflects and starts to ask him why are you here and you know Vera goes on his whole rant about owning the city uh in fact my note just says Vera's delusional plan that was my entire note for his speech here about yeah it was it was I don't just want drugs uh you know I I want the the billboards the shops uh, yeah the cops everything he wants to control everything uh the entire infrastructure of the city um so yeah and then Mr. Robert's like what's you want any real estate that's what you want. And he goes in this really demeaning speech about how he's an idiot and how, oh, you want to do this. And essentially what you're doing is you're just taking on the city's debt because he, he describes the city as one giant credit card bill. And all you want to do is take it from them. And like, you'll be the one owned by the banks and you'll be the one doing this. Like, this is pointless. You want to get any billboards? Get Photoshop. <laughs> Make a portfolio. You want yeah. to, uh, you know, start buying up real estate? Go to the real estate college in Brooklyn. You know, leave me out of it. Why, it was, why, why uh, am it, I here? It was, you want, uh, the one that made me laugh is you want the stores. You know, in the, the, the financial situation they're in right now, they'll be giving them away. Go with, go with them to some cash and, and they'll give you them no problem, but you'll have to deal with their debt. And the perfect part is that he says, you're going to need money for this. And Vera says, oh, how am I? I can rob some places. How much do I need? And he sort of laughs and says, if you're asking that question, it just shows how in over your head you actually are. Like, yeah. the idea of how much money it will take to actually own the entire goddamn city. And, and of course, we already know that they're about to steal a lot of money. <laughs> like, a, an absurd amount of money from a, 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 the Deus group. An unhealthy amount of money. Yes, yeah, an unfathomable amount. Probably an amount that I can't name because I don't know how many, you know, how, what you call that many zeros. So Mr. Robot turns around and he's like, hey, I've got a plan. I can actually get you that money. Uh, you know, there's something in the works. Something may actually help you here. And he says, but any plan that we have is going to start with letting Krista go. And I think it's interesting that even Mr. Robot's kind of fighting for that. Like, he's like... Because I think in the past, like, Mr. Robot would be happy to let someone go under the bus t- to save Elliot's ass. Yeah, I think this has showed just how more on side with Elliot he's been um, yeah. for a while now, to be fair. Um, you know, kind of... How, I mean, well, like, you know, with the, the crossing of the line before, it's him that had the moral line this time now and reminding Elliot of that. Yeah, so I I don't know. Uh, like, but I think, I, mean, I, I, I hesitate to use this word, but I'd almost argue it shows that he's healthier for Elliot than he used to be, even if the, even if the existence of him in and of itself is not healthy. 
Yeah, I think their relationship is healthier than it was yeah. before, certainly. I mean, I think that's long established by the fact that he's not forcibly taking over and Elliot's losing time. You know, that that that's already, okay, well, we're way healthier now. But of course, one of the things that Elliot said before in Act 1 was that the only leverage they have over Elliot is Krista. So they remember that and say, hey, that's what you said. And I, I do like this little touch here that it wasn't him that said that, it was Elliot. Mr. Robot's now making this offer, and Elliot was there before. They're not one and the same, even though obviously they're looking at him as one and the same. Uh, it's a nice little touch there that uh, I appreciate. Um, but then he says that Krista doesn't trust Elliot, and brings up uh, the the you know notes eventually. But this is when Elliot comes back in. But this is when Elliot walks back into the scene. Mr. Robot's still standing there, but Elliot walks back into the scene. Um, and he's like, hey, I'll show you the plan. We've got this big plan. Let me show it to you. And that's kind of how this, this part ends. Um, but Vera does come in to Elliot and says, you don't need Mr. Robot. He's all the bark, implying that Elliot is the bite and that he, I am more scared of you than him. Uh, mm. So, you know, and that's the end of Act 2. It's, it's an interesting point there, though. Is like, how much do you believe him? Is he just saying that? Because we know what his plan is with Elliot. He kind of told Krista like, before. Yeah. So... Is it that this just him, you know, kind of getting on side and, and you know, buttering up his ego, so to speak, or does he actually believe that? I, no, I think it's true. I think even though he does have the plan, he has the motive of what he's doing. I think so much of it is based upon having to be formed around truth. That I feel like he does believe this, and I think yeah. I believe it as well when I think about it. Like you know, like ultimately, Elliot's the one who's actually done. Oh no, I think we've you know, actually seen yeah. that absolutely, and and we know that. But I, I just wondered if if he had that feeling as as well, uh, especially as we know things like you know, uh, the, the whole five nine thing, you know, at least you know that's all Mister Robot as far as they're concerned. That wasn't Elliot; that was Mister Robot. But so you know, him making that statement here of being more scared of Elliot, uh, it feels notable with him having that information. Yeah, I mean, you could just take that as uh, him recognizing the potential in Elliot, even if he's not seen him do anything as extreme that would top what he thinks Mr. Robot's responsible for. Uh, Act 3, a little bit shorter. Um, they get him his bag uh, with a laptop and he gets out the, the details, all the emails and the account numbers and all the money that's there. Uh, and they're all, you know, jaws are drop, dropping because I've never seen this many zeros before. Uh, but of course, the tension here is that Elliot sees his gun in his bag and he's, you know, trying to go for it throughout the, the scene. And he eventually does... And they say he doesn't have the balls to pull the trigger, which he then does, but there's nothing in it. There's nothing in the chamber, nothing in the clip. Yeah, you kind of knew where this was going, didn't you? Uh, and they mock him because they obviously checked his bag, they they, they pulled out the, the bullets, and essentially just to sort of test him to see if he would actually do it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bit of, of respect from Vera here in that. Oh, he okay, just, he, he expected him to go for the gun. Well, but he says that. He, actually, he, actually, yeah. he literally says it at one point. He says um, that... You know, you old Elliot would never have done this. I like to think I had something to do with this. I'm proud of you, bro. Like he says yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, it's just showing that Elliot has changed since you know that that first season, uh, oh, or early, or even early season two, uh, for that matter. Um, and then he brings in Krista and gets very you know threatening. He's, if he's going to kill her, it's a bit of a you know pickle that we're in because I can't kill Krista because it's my only leverage but I also have to show you, teach you a lesson for what you just did because I can't trust you anymore and both Elliot and Mr. Robot are actually pleading they're both yelling at different points saying hey we can still do the plan you know don't don't let this get in the way of all those zeros uh, and Elliot ultimately 
um she said hey after i steal the money i'll be your partner i'll be what you want me to be and he's like no i can't trust you now kind of yeah, thing this is the literal bargaining here you yeah know, so this is what, the head yeah this is what it really gets to the bargaining part of this um and he says well why not sure and elliot finally shouts out because i need her and for vera's perspective it kind of clicks to him what she is to him he's like oh this is your shaman this is because we, we hear that he had a shaman like you know, oh, that's all we ever hear we don't see any of it of course but that's how he relates to this is okay i understand what has to happen now you have to speak to your shaman and get to the truth kind of like he did he got he got to his truth you know as misguided and, and, as it might have been and again you know this is from this point you know something bad's going to happen because the whole point of the shaman is he gave him the horrible thing where he was you know puking and shitting and it's it was terrible for however long it was until it was better until you know he came to the realization after so you kind of know elliot's about to go through some trauma here yes which gets us to Act 4, Depression. And I have a lot of notes for this act. Um, I bet you do. It's, um... So, it's a therapy session. The ungag Krista, she's sitting there. Um, Elliot's trying to guide her into it, because yeah, it's, he, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at first, they, they send out the henchman, because she, she sort of makes it clear that this is meant to be private. And he's not willing to leave himself, Vera, but he does send out the two henchmen. Yeah, although they're very disrespectful henchmen, aren't they? Because they, you know, the, the first, they, they literally just answer back, going, now, nah, we're going to stay. We want to see how this goes. Uh, well, until he speaks up, and it gets good. But yeah, he kind of talks her through it, because she's very nervous, and he's like, hey, just it's like a normal therapy session. We've done this before. Just talk to me like you used to. And she's like, okay, so what's new with you? He's like, well, my mom died a couple of days ago. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> uh, I don't really feel anything. Is that, is that weird? Is that, is that bad? Um, and you know, she, and they kind of go back and forth a little bit about that. And then Vera kind of jumps in and says, no, this is boring. We know this already. We have to get to the, the meat. Or I think it's what the phrase he uses is, this is the, we have to get to the gold, the real 24 carat, uh, is the way he yeah, put it. Yeah, that was it. Um, and John, you know I love that he, he, this is so clear in my mind in that when he's saying that line i can picture how he's walked across he's got the 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 folder and he's you know on the, the bottom left of the screen mm -hmm. here I, I can picture exactly where he is when you he's can, saying these you things. can picture the stage directions in your head um yeah. well actually well, i'll bring something up here actually I, i've not actually double checked this i've not corroborated this but i did see someone online say the word the name vera meant truth which is just an interesting touch if it, that's true which I think is interesting given that ultimately his entire purpose in this show then, given that he meets his end at the end of this episode, is to reveal Elliot's truth. So yeah, at this point, Vera's got Krista's notes and he's kind of looking through them and he, he reads parts, parts of it out. He's like, Elliot's secret, that word very specifically, secret can only be accessed through Mr. Robot. Um, and... What's interesting is Mr. Robot appears, but notably with a subtle change, is that he is missing his hat. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't specifically remember when or when not he had his hat before, um, in previous seasons. But I think there's maybe an interesting analysis. Uh, that... my, I, I, mean, I could be wrong, but to my memory, he's mostly always had the hat. I think it's clear that there's a change here. Yeah, in this moment, and I think what's interesting is that Krista keeps saying this is not how this is meant to work. This is not how therapy works. You can't just read all my, like all my initial thoughts that I'm going to try and get him to open up about and just say them to him and make him force them down that path. Like that's not how it's, it's meant to work. Uh, pretty obviously. unhealthy, and that's fine. So the reason why she doesn't want him to hear this makes complete sense. Um, but obviously Elliot wants to know. He keeps saying, "What's he talking about? What's he talking about? Tell me, Krista." 
But then the other thing is that Mr. Robot also keeps saying, don't do this, Krista, don't do this. Stop asking Elliot. And Elliot himself eventually says, she doesn't want me to know, and neither do you. Yeah. They're both it's, hiding this from him. You you kind of just know this this is bad, the way he's holding this back. And, you know, we, we, we've got the sense of, okay, whatever happened, this is why he's here. And, and it's okay. It's it's all coming back to previous events of... And I, I, I lost I lost count of the amount of times Mr. Robot says, uh, no, don't do this. Like he says that several lot, times. Yeah. Several times. And then Vera's looking at the note says, uh, you know, and one of them is like, oh, bring back up window event. And he's like, what's so special about this window event? And of course, I think what's genius about this window event, right, before we even get into the where we, where we go with this, is that much like Vera himself, actually, that event hasn't really been brought up in a long time. That was It was a big thing in season one. Yeah, and, and I think some of season two. And it may have been brought up a bit in season two, but I don't really remember it popping up in season three, and it's definitely not popped up in season four. It's been a long time since we've heard about this window window event. And I think yeah. it's very interesting that this regress thing has actually been put further back. It's almost like as Elliot and Mr. Robot have had a better relationship, it's actually covered the memory up better. Like it's actually done its job. You know, Mr. Robot, if he's if he exists to not remember these things, it's done the job better since they have been on better footing. Yeah, and, and again, this window scene, it's the way it's recontextualized again right here is is we've already had multiple versions of this window scene and you know, and the way it has changed our perception yeah. of, of the events already multiple times. Yeah. Again, past. I mean this isn't I've not mentioned every time it's happened, but I wanted to note down here as well. The rumbling thunder comes back in when the window oh, events brought up. It's so it's so it's it's borderline cheesy to do the thunder. But it just works because it's just so ingrained in in this yeah. uh, this piece that it's doing. I mean, it, it develops a mood. Does uh, the thunder, um, and of course, like Krista even asked, you know, why can't you remember this? You know, maybe even Vera asked that question. I know I was asking that question <laughs> as I was watching mm. it, and so so she's recounting the events she says okay so you you know or he does even he's like hey we're out making snowman me and darlene we came back up looking for looking for my dad's camera and she's like did you find the cameras like no my dad showed up i hid darlene in the closet and again even the idea that he's hiding darlene is something that's recontextualized by and what we find out we've always known that he's done that for a long time, no, yeah. Well, yeah, not always. I think that was the, you know when she told him. But uh, at the end of the season, just... when we heard the new version of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's been the version in our heads for you know a significant yeah, amount of time and now. He grabbed he grabbed the baseball bat as well. So that's the thing. So it's like he hears the dad coming. He hides his sister, and grabs a bat for defense. Now we've always known that, but this is the thing: is that way back when it was always like is he abusive just physically in the sense that you know did he push him out the window and then it was revealed no elliot jumped out the window and we speculated oh was there another personality that did that and we kind of find out that it was mr robot and we'll get to that in a second um but we never necessarily questioned as to why the other personality would want to do that like because i think back at the time we we, because back in season one we were really questioning the idea of like does mr robot actually want to help Elliot? Is he against Elliot? Does he want to hurt Elliot? We weren't sure at the time how much Mr. Robot is pro or anti-Elliot, I guess. No, I agree. I think because at the time, uh, Mr. Robot was very antagonistic. Yes. So uh, It was very forcible, these takeovers. Yeah, so we weren't really considering the idea that he was doing this for a good reason, and then if so, why? 
which is the obvious question. I mean, even before that, why did he hide Darlene, right? Yes. Uh, so this is again all all the all the details are there to kind of like form this theory, uh, which is which is great. It's just good TV writing. It's good. To, this is clearly this has clearly been planned since day one. It's clearly been there since yeah, the start. It's probably at this point in the episode where you kind of know exactly where this is going. You kind of get that sinking feeling now. I think you get the sinking feeling here. I think in the moment where it feels inevitable, where you you lose hope that it's not going anywhere else, but you still want to hope, um, is when Krista eventually says, what, what were you worried, or what did he ask you to do, or what were you worried that he would ask you to do? It was when she phrases it that way. That's the moment where okay. it's like, oh God... Like it just it can't. I think go- I think I was already there before that. Well, no, I was already thinking it, but that was the moment where, as much as I want it to go a different way, I don't think it can after that question. Okay. Um. Because yeah, bef- before that, yeah, you're already sort of starting to think. As as soon as they start talking about why are you scared of your dad, because that that question comes up like three times. Like, why were you scared of him? And Mister Robot's still yelling at her. Don't do this. If you do this, this will break him. You can't. I am. I am here to save him from this. Do, do you know what? I think it's it's from that point that you know, in, and you know, I'm, I'm going to defend this here as opposed to the later comment in that the earliest version of this was already him being physically abusive, right? And and I, and Mr. Elk wasn't scared of... I don't think he, he's scared of uh, Elliot learning that truth again because Elliot's already lived through that for years. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. There was going to be a new thing. Of course there was going to be a new thing. There was, not, there was never a question that there was going to be a new detail we didn't know. No, I know, but I think when you take that into context of okay, so it's not the physical abuse. I think the the, the there is the obvious conclusion that it jumps to here in, in your mind. Well, not exactly, but you're still hoping it's going to go somewhere else. You're still hoping that it'll be something else. You're praying and hoping in your mind that it'll be something that we can't think of. There's going to be some clever twist here. It's still dark and still unpleasant, but it isn't going to go in there. Okay, I. I had no hope at this stage. I was resigned to it already, personally. Oh, no, I was hoping. I was hoping. Um, because hope's important. Connor has no soul, and that's why. Uh, Maybe that's true. So, you know, so why can't he remember? You know, we're going through all this. Um, and it brings up, like, hey, so you lost time. Like, because she makes a point of saying, hey, so you remember these things? And he's like, no, Darlene told me. And, I, you know, we remember Darlene telling him this. This was a thing that happened. Darlene told him this story uh, way back when. And she's like, so you lost time. Has that ever happened, you know, in other instances like this? And he's like, well, no, not not on, except for when Mr. Robot takes over, right? But much like we've been saying for a long time, we were under the impression that Mr. Robot was only really created sometime around or soon before season one, right? Um, yeah. That was always a thing, and there was something before that. Although that said, we always thought there was something before that. Uh, this maybe seems to imply that it was Mr. Robot before, it just sort of left for a while and Elliot forgot about him and came, yeah, and came back. There was, there was always, you know, I think, you know, when we had the big reveal with Darlene, it was always oh, it happening again. And we were like, okay, so this has happened before on some scale. We just assumed it was someone else, not Mr. Robot. Yeah, I mean, I've got more to say about that in a minute, but... Um, okay. So... Right. Uh, so last time Mr. Robot, and then, then Elliot gets accusatory and says... Um, you know, because Mister was saying this, he's dangerous. He's not supposed to know. Elliot's like, wait, how long have you been around? How long, you know, like you've been with me since that early? Like, what, you know, when did you show up? And you know, Krista keeps asking the questions. Why would Mister Robot jump out the window to protect you? You know, why would why would he jump out the window to protect Elliot? Um, 
Why would you be scared of your father? Why would you react by hiding your sister and grabbing a baseball bat? And Mr. Robot says, don't do this, this will destroy him. Why Why would I be scared of my father? He's my friend. That, that's something that Elliot says. And let me remind you just at this moment, this juncture here, that word friend. Every, mm. well, not every episode, but every episode that we do, I say it at the start, but Elliot, since the start of the show, always starts with, hello, friend. It even recontextualizes his use of the word friend. This idea that friend to him is a lie. That friend to him was what his father pretended to be when he wasn't doing the other things. And, and we're about I think to get to that. as well when he said he was he was my only friend. He was my only friend, yeah. Um, and then that it's actually after this that, that line, he was my friend, my only friend. Mister Robot says, "I can't protect you anymore," and walks out of shot and out of the episode. Now, I don't think for a second this is the last time we see him. I think there's definitely a culmination still to come with Elliot you know coming to terms or peace with mr robot and actually talking to him again but at least for probably at least the next episode or next couple i think mr robot's gone no i agree and if for whatever reason we don't get that you know resolution this is the end of mr robot it kind of works in a sense it works i don't think for a second it is but it does work if it is yeah no no i I agree with you yeah Uh, but at the same time i don't think it's a bad thing if he does come but i think there is more to do with him if you know oh yeah yeah, there's definitely stuff to do where he wants to speak to mr robot again or even the idea that he has to have mr robot be part because i think almost essentially what has to happen at the end of the show is that he has to kind of merge with them he has to merge with all his parts if that makes sense probably but also just the idea of of okay let's go and again they are completely separate people right for all intents and purposes here that Mr. Robot realizes that that's not the only job he had. You know, he couldn't protect him from that anymore, but he can still do something. Sure, he can still protect him from other things. He's still, he's still, I mean, if you look at it this way, if he's just a part of Elliot, then he's still a strong part of Elliot that's there as a fighting mechanism, even if it's recontextualized by knowing what he was hiding before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Robot walks out. I uh, can't protect you anymore. Um, Actually, he actually says that, because of the order I've written this down, he says that before Elliot adds, he was my only friend. So, just just clarify, that was after he walks out. Next page. (laughs) Uh, That was was the most dramatic page turn you've ever done, appropriate for this episode. Well, it's a new pad. This this paper has more of a a sound to it, I think, compared to the other one. Uh, it, it does. Uh, is, is, is that was the other one on rings? It was in rings. This one's not. Which I actually yeah. preferred the rings. The rings were easier to put around, but whatever. I agree. No. Uh, so Krista recaps the event. She says, "Okay, you went out looking for the camera." Which, by the way, given what we're about to find out, it makes me wonder what might have been on that camera. I'll be honest; I hadn't even considered that. But I mean, you know. I just, I, I think there's a possibility. So, Krista recaps events. You went off of the camera. Um, you know, you heard your dad coming. You put Darley in the, the closet. You grabbed a bat. And it's during this as she's recounting these events, particularly when she gets to the part where you get you got scared because you heard your father coming. Uh, Rami Malek, I need to give it up for him. He needs, he needs an Emmy for this episode. He starts just saying no, 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 no. And he starts doing this thing where he's... His head's kind of hunched into his neck. He's, do you know, like you know, this, this show's had always had you know a lot of headroom, and he's always seemed small in the frame. Well, you know, mm-hmm. not just him, a lot of people, but he shrinks here. Like he seems tiny. Yeah, um, and he's just saying, no, no. It's, it's like he's starting to really remember, even if he's not said it yet. Um, where you're afraid that your father was going to ask you to do something, 
and that's the, that was the line where I'm like, oh god, this can't be anything else. Like, I, up until now, I had some doubt that maybe it was something else, that maybe somehow the show was tricking me and was going to sideline me with something that I'd never considered. And I think that's kind of the beauty of this, is that it's exactly the worst thing you're thinking already, and that's what makes it worse. Um, and Elliot says yes, and a tear goes down his eye as he says yes. Yeah, the tear the makes it. Yeah, and, and, and I say that as someone who usually finds the single tear cheesy. It's not here. No, it says, I remember. And then she just flat out asked the question. This is obviously something she was going to build up to. She knew this was where this was going to go in 10 sessions time, you know, when he finally maybe got closer to opening up. Maybe he was at a point where he was going to be healthy enough to accept this information, where she clearly does not think he is right now. But she's been forced yeah. out of this position. And it's worth mentioning, after a couple of lines where, you know, Vera's in the background saying, yeah, go find that poison, Elliot, he kind of, like, fades away into the background. I mean, don't really hear from him for a lot of this emotional part there's, of it. There's actually a very uh, intentional thing, because you can see him in the shot next to Krista, uh, you, mm. know, from, you know, waist down, he's just, because he's stood up. But you can see him very, because he stands out, he's wearing bright colours. Um, and... Then you know there is a point where he strolls away, and you know he he goes obviously he's going around to look at it from the other side, in context. But uh, the way this works in the shot is he's just no longer there. We are down to just Krista and yeah. And she finally asked the question: Did your father sexually molest you? And again, Elliot starts as as he's crying says yes, and. This is when the music is a bit more emotional, and it lingers on him crying and just sort of accepting. Uh, acceptance is not the right word because this isn't acceptance, but um, him processing that he's remembering this now. He's crying. He's slinking down. He's rocking back and forth. The and the fade to black here for the end of this act is a lot slower than the other acts. It is. This, yeah. This slow. This is like a very slow fade to black as we are watching him weep. And I also I loved. Uh, two great single tears in this because Krista also has a tear when she asked the question and he says yes and it's perfect because yeah. she knows what she's doing to him she knows what she's bringing up here yeah and and she did not want to do it this way like uh, she would have got there eventually in a professional proper manner because that's kind of what her job was but again but not like this kind of like some people may have thought of this seasons ago people we were you know most people watching this episode probably had it in their head you know minutes before it finally was said not unlike uh you know the sister revealed in season one where you realize it just the same time he does and he says it or even just the mr robots in his head like you know we kind of all figured that out at some point various maybe depending varying person to person but we all figured that out in season one here krista from season one, from episode one, always knew she was going to eventually have to ask this question. She yeah. was always going to prod this particular th- subject. She was always going to go here. And it was always there lingering in the background. It doesn't feel like something that's been added for drama late in the game. It doesn't feel like, oh, this will make it even darker. This will be better. And I go back, you know, I'm thinking back to the episode four where he was drugged up in season one. And it was like the, the weird sort of David Lynch episode where he's going through all these dreams. And Angela's talking about the monster that's coming. I'm thinking of that. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, why were him and Darlene making happy birthday tapes or Mother's Day tapes for Angela's mother? Probably because they went to live with Angela after her fa- after their father was arrested for being a paedophile. Um, you think about um, way back in season one when Mr. Robot and Elliot were talking about this and Elliot uh, basically reveals or there was this idea that his dad was angry at him 
for telling their mother, his mother, that about his dad's cancer. Now I'm thinking, was it the cancer that he told her about? Was that yeah. the, the secret? I don't think it yeah. was now. Probably not. I think, do you know what, it's, it's funny, um, at work today, someone was asking me, oh, you know, are you, are you, are you doing a, a review for anything tonight? And I was like, yeah, yeah, Mr. Robot, I'm looking forward to watching it. And they were like, oh, yeah, what is it? And, you know, and I, you know, I was like, how do you even describe Mr. Robot to someone <laughs> anymore? I was like, um, hacker takes down capitalism? You know, because I'm thinking season one. Yeah. And they're like, just sell me on like the, the opening of, of the show and, and I'll check it out. And I was, so I described the, the, the first thing. I thought, the, okay, the yeah, opening like scene. Spoiler, the opening scene where he is taking down, you know, the, the pedophile. And I'm like, this has been his motivation since the start. This was literally the first thing he did. Very few shows, when they get to like, you know, final season revelations, feel as well ingrained and always part of it than what this is. This, you go back to, again, the very first scene is him taking down a pedophile. That's always been a sticking point. Um, the scene, you know, the episode that I was going to compare this to or uh, connect it to, uh, you know, the suicide episode where, you know, again, it was 2.351, he was with Trenton's little brother. The fact that a child is what convinced him not to commit suicide, the fact that, you know, because he was also a broken child is a big deal. That's partly why it's also in the same aspect ratio. That episode also started in the movie theater where he was with his dad. This was after he got his arm hurt and his dad was apologizing. And I saw the, like, someone posted the subtitles at that, that moment. And it's actually at the start of this episode, the previous one, when I watched that again, it was actually there at the start of this one. Okay. Um, where he's like, you know, I'm sorry. And young Elliot says, you're not sorry, you're, you're sick and you're not sorry or something to that effect. Like, it's there. And the fact that he doesn't care when his dad dies, which, by the way, does his dad, I mean... I didn't even ponder that his dad even have cancer and it was just Angela's mom who died from the plant. But I think the other characters have mentioned it enough that I think he did have cancer. It's just... No, I I, yeah. I think so. Because um, that was, you know, that, that was a big bonding thing between, you know, like, you know, Darlene and Angela, right? Is that their parents both, you know, died, right? And that was something that, that brought them together. As, yeah, but as how, how, yeah, but how much do they care about their dad, though? Really? Now that we know this? Yeah. Uh... No, it's true. And I was reminded that, yeah, there was a scene, uh, I think in season one, where, you know, during all these flashbacks when Ellie was at the hospital, the doctor started to ask, because he was suspicious of these bruises and how he fell at the window. He said, I need to talk to you on your own without your parents and get the information. I mean, and I think it cuts away before we actually get to hear the, all the questions. We just get to hear mm -hmm. kind of the start of it happening. And I, I almost wonder, was that the moment where he fessed up and told them what his dad had done? And... And this is the weird thing, is that it obviously puts this dark spin in every flashback we've had of his father, and all those photographs of him being with his father and like how close they were, it puts a really dark spin in all of that, and how manipulative and how predator-like that relationship was. But the weird thing is, Mr. Robot himself, we have to remember, is not his father. <laughs> Mr. Robot has the face of his father, and it makes sense that Elliot, in trying to cover up the memories, has the best parts of his father as the image of this entity that's his friend that protects him kind yeah. of thing it makes sense but i think we have to remember that we, we go back and watch the whole show like we don't hate mr robot the whole time because it's not him <laughs> he's not oh, he's, of course you know, absolutely. He's, he's not his father and i think that's a really interesting mix but at the same time we're going to think about it every time we look at him oh absolutely it's always going to be there and you know i'm, I'm thinking you know, a couple episodes ago when we got you know, the the room inside the head and it was young elliot it was the kid right and the way definitely was it was it was the kid before Mr. Robot had covered this up. I assume at this point it, he was it was a kid who was aware of what had happened. Yes, um, and we have young Elliot. Um, 
in in that scene, and we have the mother in that scene, and presumably, like, they're wait again. This is I go back to the unification, the idea that young Elliot, old you know, current Elliot, and and Mister Robot all have to like merge because they're all parts of him. They're all equal parts. I, I, does this make his relationship with his mother much sadder, in the sense that? You know, the way we've seen it has always been this very strained relationship. You know, and, you know, and he he had this great again as the show has portrayed it. He had this great relationship with his dad, and not with his mother. And I just wonder if you know by Mister Robot covering it up and and creating this delusion, as it were, uh, did that actively harm his relationship with his mother because of that? I don't know, because Darlene didn't seem to like her very much either. So I think that's fair. It may make it sadder in, like, just how toxic the life was that his mother, instead of, like, you know, protecting her children, or after the fact, you know, trying to reconnect with them and make them feel safe, uh, was perhaps as abusive as she was. But then again, this is one of the reasons why I want to rewatch the show now after this episode, because I want to go back and see those scenes again. I want to see how it's how it's presented and how yeah. it's portrayed, because that could really be affected by this. And the idea that our perspective of his father has been completely shifted to every time we saw him in those flashbacks being nice and wanting to like take him to the movies or or whatever else you know um yeah all all of it changes now based on this and i'm excited i'm excited to go back and watch it because it, it feels like it has been there just even just like bringing these scenes up again uh you know him being scared to go home so he picks the most dangerous car on the train to get home or uh whatever else like just yeah. lines here or there and this idea that wait does darlene know all this and if darlene knows all this so let's go back to that scene you brought up you know the big i'm your sister scene right uh where elliot realizes that this idea that he's lost time and he's blocked things out and he's forgotten now this is going to get really dark here what i'm about to say but is the reason why he defaults into kissing her because their dad had them both involved I'm going to assume not okay. because for a reason in that, you know, Elliot hides her. He doesn't want her to get involved, I don't think. I think it's Sure. I think that's him protecting her but you could, from it at all. You, you could, could also, read it as oh he doesn't need to know she's here. Well you could also read it though as that she has been involved before and that's why he wants to protect her. He doesn't yeah, want her to yeah. go through it again. So I mean until we know more information, like it's it's hard to say. Um, it is, yeah. Um, but Darlene's also pretty screwed up. She is. Uh, but it is worth she mentioning, is. she did still kill someone because seemingly the motivation being that they killed their father. So, um, but at the same time, I feel like I, I, my gut tells me, and again, I have to go back and rewatch the whole show again to really say this with certainty, but my gut tells me right now that Angela and Darlene knew about this. I... I agree. I think uh, with, with that, I think they knew. I don't think she was ever involved. Okay, but I think they fair. found out after. Um, I think they knew about this, and, it, and I also, I, I think she was actively protecting Elliot by not telling him. Sure. The full truth. Yeah, the idea that she she didn't want it because the final parts on. You know, going back to that moment. Oh, did you forget again? Um, it's. I don't think it's just about her they forgot she's like oh you forgot everything i'm not going to tell you that i don't want to put you through that again oh very possibly assuming she knows if she doesn't know 
And what she told, like the her recount of that day, it just makes sense in her head. It's exactly what she was a kid. It's exactly what she saw. Like yeah. again, everything still plays if she doesn't know. Um, um, I but I think we're going to have an answer to this. I feel like one of the big things I am looking forward to slash dreading now is a scene with Elliot and Darlene. The confrontation of him saying, "Did you know? And why didn't you tell me?" Yeah, if it takes that route, if it takes any other route, I don't know what route it's going to take. But any route where they sit down and connect and it really again we ended episode uh you know the silent episode with them in the car holding hands because they're there for each other and how close they are and what their bonds been their entire life and i get and not that, not that you can't have close brothers and sisters if one's not been traumatized but it, again it adds this extra context to it where why she is so protective of them and always has been uh, yeah and it's also why i leapt to then thinking it's going to be a confrontation in that they're finally in the the best place they've been for the entire show and you know that that's the prime time for this confrontation to happen and it paints another picture as to, as to why you know like mr robot didn't want to like go after olivia the way he was because it involved uh, threatening a kid it involved uh, exploiting her dark past and her trauma something that he knows elliot also has you know it's, it's not like some of the other characters where like yeah we'll go after the 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 creepy you know stock guy who is chatting to underage girls on the internet like we'll, we'll yeah we'll go after the busey like no 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 mercy right but that's that's a sentence i can hear again <laughs> we'll go after the busey <laughs> but like you know he he but he clearly again that's another reason why i want to go back and watch the whole show again is like is there times where Mr. Robot says, let's not do this? And can I recontextualize that now with because of the subject matter, because of what it might bring up? How how many other targets like Busey was the was the blackmail, what they had on them to do with kids? A lot, I imagine. Yeah, like so, you know, it, it's like I say, since the start of the show, it's been a, a thing. But I just wonder how much, how often. I'd kind of be intrigued to see. Yeah, scene one. Yeah, scene one that's what it was in episode one um so that's that's wonderful stuff and then uh i also remain i was also reminded of this uh if you remember angela's boyfriend back in season one elliot had a very strict no touching rule he did not like to be touched by anyone that wasn't darlene or angela yes uh very vividly and that that was such a big thing actually i'll 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 even extend that specifically men seemingly i I don't think uh it ever became much of an issue with a woman i think it all tended to be men you could be right. Um, and again, all of these things, I have to kind of go back and watch the whole show again. It just confirmed my, my suspicions. George so, is, is part of me wants to start rewatching the whole show right now. And have it and done for the finale. But then the other part of me is, what else am I going to learn I know. over the next you know, handful of episodes that will make me go, well, now I need to start over again. Well, we have to talk about the third personality now because I've seen, I've seen speculation online that one, there is no third personality. Mr. Robot was lying just because he didn't want to like, you know, he didn't want Viewer to get to him. Although why Mr. Robot would think Viewer was going to reveal any of this, I'm not sure. Um, the obvious speculation is that the third personality is young Elliot. And but that doesn't necessarily add up as to who was talking to Vera that day, or who, or who, yeah, no, I, or who, I sorry, no, who Darlene was talking to that day about you know when when she talked told Elliot about Vera. Yeah, I I don't know if it would be young Elliot in in the sense that Mister Robot is not a literal Elliot, right? You know, it's, sure, it's his father. It's it's someone else. It was a projection. I think more likely, if we're going the kid route, it's the the, the kid from the movie theater. Okay. If 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 it's going to be based after someone we've seen, 
Um, I, I mean, there was speculation in that episode. Uh, you know, I was I kept thinking the episode was going to do that, but given how that episode ended and what it meant to him, I don't want it to be him. That, that's fair. no, but what I mean is, it's this third personality has it always existed, or does it only look like him because of that? episode? So that episode still happened; it was real, and it's. After well, hold that, on, hold on. Uh, Sam Asmell's already said uh, before that the third personality has been there the whole the whole show. Okay, fair enough. Then. So it's not been something that's been created since last season. It's been okay. No, fair enough. Um, which is why I think Young Elliot works in that in that context because uh, it does. Yeah, because obviously Young Elliot's always been in his head. He's always been locked in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 tracks. And we can't expect him to be more menacing. But I guess let's say, for example, Young Elliot was, uh talking to Darlene that day, right? About Vera, and he didn't seem to care. Um, we always took that as a sign of kind of like badassery, like, oh, he doesn't care because Vera's not scary. Or what, it, but what if it's literally, the child does not understand. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm thinking a moment, like, you know that moment um, in the silent episode where he was crying in the corner and then he like stood up before Darlene came in? Um, mm. Like, are those little, little vulnerable moments where he's really feeling the emotions? Are those moments really Elliot? Is that the third personality? Um... I'm going to say I hope those moments are Elliot in the sense that I think they're more poignant if it's Elliot having the breakdown yeah. no, and I get having it. those feelings. But, but what I mean is the real Elliot, not this, not the Elliot we usually see. The real Elliot, the kid Elliot. Okay, well, okay. If you're going by the the idea of that, that's slightly different. Well, I the guess, idea yeah. that the kid Elliot is the real Elliot. Well, I mean, yeah. I, really what I'm saying is, is that all three are the real Elliot. Even Mr. Robot is part of the real Elliot. They're all splintered. Okay, I, I guess the kid Elliot is Elliot as he should be, at his best, at his healthiest. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'll put it this way though. Elliot, at his, Elliot as he should be, but without years of actually dealing with the trauma. So he's actually yeah. a, still a wreck. He's still like a broken wreck because he, he can't move on. Because he's, yeah. not been, he's not existed to move on, really. Sure. Right, uh, that's how I'd phrase it. But like, look, yeah, so much come, came from this. So, so much, like we can go back and recontextualize the entire show, every every time he talked to Darlene about his parents, every time he talked about Angela about his parents, his relationship with uh, Angela, even Darlene's relationship with Angela, why they were so close, why all of this, um, you know, why, why all of this was the way it was. Um, that, that said, though, if I remember correctly, his father did go to Angela's mom's funeral. And I wonder, like, if this was post-arm breakage and window incident, like... Okay, yeah, not, tell them. I'd love to go back to that scene and watch that. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Like, it's I, you know, we have not rewatched these episodes before this season, so yeah, we we remember the, the moments, but the specifics, tiniest details like that. Yeah, the nuance is lost on us right now. Yeah, I cannot wait to go back and watch that again, and I'm tempted to start. I'm tempted to, for the purpose of having it all done again before you know so that i'm watching episode 12 again before 13 this season having went through the whole thing again or at the very least watch seasons one two three again if, if, even if i don't get through the four episodes again yeah that would be nice wouldn't it i may try it i may try it because i feel like i feel i feel like i'm going to glean some interesting little tidbits as i go i, d I don't know if i have the time but i kind of want to well, I mean, there's six episodes left, which means there's five weeks. Are they well, definitely airing the last one, Double? Well, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying five weeks in the sense that... Um, oh, to, to be, you know, yeah. to have the, the, the week between the last two still. Yeah. Um, so, 
that's not unfeasible. It's not, it's not that many episodes, really, when you think about it. It's what, 32? Oh, it, it's not that impossible. It's just... Well, of seasons 1, 2, 3, it's 32. If you add on season 4, obviously it's more. But Yeah, just in the sense that we are quite busy and there is a lot of other TV starting up in I'm, December. I'm going to try it, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I think I need to try. It's too good. It's, it's just... It's, it's so good. It's added so much to everything in a way that doesn't feel like a got you. It doesn't feel like a, hey, we had some fancy twist. It, no, it was a, of course this is it. Of course, it has to be this. It has to be this the whole time. Um, and I, th- I think this context is going to add so much to so many conversations, especially in season one. But e- e- even season two, every time he talks to Mr. Robot about his past, any time he talks to... <sighs> so much. Like, not only Mr. not only Elliot's past himself and the way he interacts with Mr. Robot, but even his relationship with Darlene, his relationship with Angela, the relationship between Angela and Darlene, all of these things are affected by this. It's I can't wait to find out definitively whether they knew or not. I'm looking forward to that. Because um, let's say, we, we have gut feelings right now, but that is what they are. They are just a feeling, yes or no. We don't know for sure. Yeah, it's, going, it's, it's kind of going back to like when they were looking for him because he, he disappeared before back in season one and it seems like they know what he's like. Um, now, admittedly, they might know he went through trauma but not know the exact specifics. It could be a case where Darlene knows exactly the specifics but Angela didn't know the, about the, the sexual abuse stuff. Yeah, maybe. You know, it, it could be the sort of thing where she, he, they were sent to live with Angela's family quietly um, rather than making a big legal sort of like, oh, you have to move out kind of thing. You know, the idea that the... Because you know, that, I mean, maybe they may still be able to stay with their mother. Eventually, they were because there was definitely flashbacks of Elliot with his mother uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When he was older, as like a teenager, maybe early teens in season one. I remember that, but yeah. Um, so much, so much. So, uh, moving on to Act Five, though, we have to get through the rest we, of this we, episode. We do still have the rest of the episode to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Krista tries to comfort Elliot, but Vera just holds up his hand, says, "Nope, I'm and- going to comfort him." I'm and already in. you're like, oh shit, because obviously we knew this was his plan because he told us last episode that jo- this jo- is exactly what he wanted to do. What's beautiful about it though is that there's a point during the Mr. Robot section where he is like making Vera look an idiot. They think, oh, Vera has no control. He thought he had control, but he doesn't. You get to this scene, you're like, no, Vera. I mean, maybe they didn't know what he was doing the whole time, but he definitely steered it back into control along the way. Yeah, like maybe, maybe he didn't have control the entire time. He was skidding around a little bit, but he, the end point here is exactly the beat he told us that he wanted to have. He used Krista as that bat to mm-hmm. perfection. Yep, to perfection. Um, to the point where he even ends his speech in a minute with the, the very line that he said that was at the end of the story with the bully and the, the little bitch. I see you. Yes, I see you. Um, and Mr. Robot, you know, he storms it. You know, or sorry, Elliot storms out the other room, and he's like in front of the window. The lightning's flashing. And he's like, I can't, I can't live with this. I can't live with this. And again, we've had the episodes where he's been suicidal, so that means a lot coming from. Him. And Vera phrases something very interesting. Says, oh, now you get to finally meet the real you. This idea that this is finally going to be the real Elliot, um, kind of coming out, and. And do you know what, this is again where I really want to praise the acting here from uh, you know from Vera is that mm. we we know this is his plan we know this is his manipulation to own Elliot 
but he's so convincing. Like you kind of almost believe him. Even we do almost <laughs> believe him when we know exactly what he's doing. Yeah, because uh, Elliot even says, and this, this really broke me a little bit inside, is he sort of turns and says, why would he do it? He doesn't finish his sentence, but he's, he's basically questioning why would his father do this to him? Mm. Um, he's really, you know, having trouble accepting it. Um, and Vera like, sits down with him and mentions that he also has a sort of dark past. He talks about his, how his mother uh, left him with her friends when she went out to do whatever. And uh, like he, he sort of made a point of emphasizing friends and kind of quotations, which is interesting because that's also how Elliot uses the word when you think about it. When he talks about his father being his friend, uh, Vera is kind of implying that you know his mother's friends were also... And I have no idea if this is true or not. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's fair. Yeah, it could go either way. Um, and I actually wrote down a whole speech here that he says because I thought it was that good. And I'm just going to read it for uh, you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I missed some of the start of it, but the, the main part that I wrote, I wrote down here is once you weather a storm like yours, you are the storm and it's the rest of the world that needs to run from you. Elliot, you're special. Don't you believe it? Uh, and you know the tears are coming down Elliot's face and Vera's face as well actually at this point Um, I don't want to be alone anymore Elliot says and Vera says you're not alone I see you and of course it's this point where uh, Krista was untied and I noted that when they left the room that Vera kind of left her unsupervised and I do think there's some beautiful symmetry of her using the knife that kills Shayla to stab him in the back Uh, oh definitely and just before that moment though when he says "I see you," you know, if you because you're kind of getting caught up in his speech, right? You know, because it's that good a speech. Yeah, and yeah. You kind of, you kind of forget that this is a a bit that he's playing. Yeah, and, and you get caught, and then he says that line, and you go, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he's done all of this for this moment. And there may be some truth to a lot of it, but yeah, like he is doing his plan and he is getting his result, and it seems like it's just about working. Like Elliot might be giving himself over, and I think it's wonderful that Krista saves him essentially like she needs her. Uh, he needs her yeah like he he she saves him from something i mean ellie doesn't necessarily know he needs saving right now but there's a manipulation here this is someone just like his father who's going to use him maybe not in the same way but it's someone who's going to use them and krista knowing his plan and having the opportunity chooses to save her patient she upholds the <laughs> doctor uh patient confidentiality by taking out this guy who heard all this shit <laughs> <laughs> Sure. She takes it very seriously, does Krista. Oh, very, yeah. <laughs> we never uh, want to eavesdrop on one of her yeah, sessions. And, and, and the episode ends with the, the bird's eye shot and I'm looking down at his body and the lights go as, as if it's a stage almost with all the different lights going out one by one. Um, yeah. And that's how we ended the episode. But I, I know the, the Christmas tree was the last thing to go out because of course it was. Of course. Christmas is great. Why wouldn't you have that be the last thing? So... But here's what I want to talk about with the speech that Vera gives. One, it's a great speech. It's actually kind of a nice sympathetic speech about getting through trauma and actually dealing with this sort of thing and overcoming it and using it to fuel you. And it took me back, actually, something that we've said a few times in past episodes. I remember talking about this last season, especially towards the finale, is the idea that Elliot in some way is kind of a superhero. And I couldn't help but hear this speech in that context and kind of just think of someone like Batman. And I know that sounds weird to go there, but think of the trauma and think of how it created the Batman. And what is Mr. Robot, if not what Elliot needs to like cope and survive and be him? And what the, is uh, Batman to Bruce Wayne, if not the face that he makes to cope with what he did and fight against the end? So Elliot fights pedophiles. He hunts them because of what happened to him. 
Batman goes after well everyone really but every criminal really but his, his, his secret origin tragedy but it's but it's kind of the same with Elliot in the sense that clearly that was his focus to begin with but now he's taking on the corrupt you know leaders no, of the world it's so fascinating that, that that was his focus that was a thing and you you don't think oh necessarily oh this is because it happened to him you think well that's because they're terrible people and he's doing the right thing it makes sense and, and by the end of the first episode he's talking about the one percent of the one percent and we find out about his father and you know the cancer and okay all this makes sense and you just sort of take that as his, his origin like okay so this company uh, was negligent i uh, didn't care his father was killed because of it and you kind of take it as that but it was this speech from vera where he talks about because you get through that storm you become the storm and i couldn't help but think of superheroes i couldn't help but think about batman because that's what batman is he gets through that and he becomes the thing they fear he becomes this force of nature that they can't reckon with it's why i very specifically use the phrase there secret origin as opposed to just origin story because we had what we thought was an origin story yeah, and, and, you know, Elliot with Mr. Robot, and again, you can sort of take it as Mr. Robot's... Because I don't think Mr. Robot is literally his alter ego in the sense that he is who he becomes, but, you know, I, I remember saying he was like a superhero when he stood up to White Rose at the end of last season and says, no, I can do this hack, and I own you because I've hacked everything and I'm better than you at this. Um, and we've we've spoken a lot about the hoodie being the, the superhero costume. Yeah, the cape, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I couldn't help but think of that here in a really traumatic way. And what what is a superhero... Uh, but the fantasy of someone who has been a trauma overcoming it in such a way where they can really turn it into a power, but turned up to 11 where, okay, they've got a cape and they're doing, you know, all these yeah, crime yeah. fighting things, um, but being a force for good. And I think this 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 show has been so operatic about how it handles um, Elliot's trauma and what he's done. And even before we knew this, it was doing that. But with this added into it, it turns it up. And this speech from Vera, despite the fact he's the villain, and despite the fact that he's got a motive in what he's saying here, it actually is kind of touching and rings true. For that's why I said you get so caught up in this speech, you you like you just start believing. Him. You forget that he's that he's got this ulterior motive because it's that good a speech. And what I what I love about this is that I think that we won't get the the the, the attempted hack on on the Deus group next. I, I think what's beautiful about this is that ultimately. We're going to have Elliot in a rough place next episode. We're going to have him, you know, distraught. Chris is probably going to try and help him. I don't know where it's going immediately. But I think this whole idea of he's going to have to essentially finally become the full, the full-fledged formation, whatever it may be, of Elliot the superhero. He has to kind of finish his origin story in time to take on the Deus group, kind of, right? I, I mostly agree. I think there is a chance that he takes them on now almost as a distraction because he's not even still he he's he's not dealing with it entirely and it's a distraction so that he can get done and i think if he does that he'll make a mistake and realize he has to you know deal with it before he So can you think it. he fails essentially he's going to try and fail yeah and then then when he'll he'll have a moment of you know not just a moment of clarity but he'll you know he'll get that realization he'll he'll come to terms and then not, again, not just that easily, but it'll happen, and that's when he'll be able to win. I remember last episode where uh, White Rose or Zhang said, um, "You know, Elliot needs to know that we're on the same side, and that uh, this device is for him too, kind of thing." Like, you know, like all, all that kind of uh, those illusions. Like, it makes me think: Does White Rose know? Like, you know, assuming you know they can hack into anything. Like, is there a record of what happened to him, or was it hush hush? Because you have to think. I mean. 
Elliot can kind of hack into his own records anytime he wants because he like he's 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 good good at that kind of thing. He's hacked himself. I'm I'm sure that's even happened at some point in the show. Uh, no, I'm sure it has. And I'll say the only way I can defend how, if it is on the records, I can still plausibly say he didn't know. In that everything was filtered through this mm. viewpoint of what he wanted to see. You know, how many seasons did we have it as Evil Corp instead of E Corp? And yeah. again, you know, okay, because or even or what... even the uh, the prison, like you know, like we didn't sure. see a prison for you know half a season. Exactly. So, I think in this show, it is set up enough that even if this is in his records and he has looked at his own records, he didn't necessarily see that. Yeah. So. Now, this 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 blue door some wide open, and this is a show that's done this multiple times. Like this this show has given us episodes like this that's blown the doors open several times throughout the show. Uh, it's it's incredible how it keeps doing it, isn't it? And every time it feels justified. It doesn't feel like it's just pulling something out of its ass. It doesn't feel like it's. And some people argued in season two that the prison thing was kind of like forced, and they didn't like it because it felt like they were just trying to have a twist again. And okay, maybe it's the weakest one <laughs> out of all of them, but. Ultimately, I think, the, it, I think the prison one maybe went on just slightly too long, but the concept wasn't. Yeah, because because I, I think the whole point there is the idea that he he can just mask his world and not see what he wants to. That's the idea. If he's not losing time, he's he's warping reality to see what he wants to see. Like, yeah, it's kind of really setting up just how unreliable he is as a narrator. Yeah, which has been you know something we've known since the start. And it makes me think, you know, when he says hello friend to us, given that he said his father was his only friend, but now he had us as a friend, the audience. Yes. Like, you know, I, I do think it's going to, some, I don't necessarily think there's going to be like a big reveal about it, but I do think by the end of the show, there'll be some sort of poignant way to interpret that. I, th- I don't think it's the last time he's going to, I think he's going to speak to us at least once more. No, I agree. And uh, it'd probably be like in the last episode now, though. Um I, I was there was a moment in this where um, Mr. Robot he's he's talking to Krista. It's when it's when Mr. Robot I think is sat on the on the couch. Yeah, uh, he's looking. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what he's saying, but he, it looks like he's looking right at the camera because of the way he's sat, and it looks like he's talking to us. Mm. And again, because this show does that, you kind of it, it feels unnerving that he's looking at us, but he's not talking to us this time. He's talking to another character, and it, it kind of threw me weird in this show. It was it was interesting. We have six episodes left. <laughs> we have six episodes after this this plot point. That like it, it's what? amazing. That in my head went, oh man, only six, and then I went, Christ, there's still six. And I, I think that's why, like, I'm so convinced, and I'm like, I and what why I know there can be six is because yeah, there has to be this arc. Like Elliot has to also arc beyond this. He has. This is not the end of his story. It can't be. He has to. Accept it. He has to like grow stronger. He has to like you know come to terms with himself and Mister Robot. There, he has to you know confront Darlene. He has to like I say become strong again so he can actually take on the Deus group. And I think thematically as well, because right now like his fight against the Dark Army and the Deus group does feel quite separate from his own story, his own personal story of yeah why he is the way he is. And. I don't necessarily need it to connect or like thematically tie in. I mean, I, I can just sort of take it as the reason why this Deus group had no idea what was coming. This idea that this broken individual could fight them in a way that they could never predict, right? Uh, there's something special just to that story in and of itself. The idea that someone mm. can be that important uh, for no matter where they come from. Um, but I, I do almost wonder, like, I do think there will be some sort of thematic thing. Um, maybe based on, you know, this device that 
Zang's no, I agree. Building I, or whatever. I don't know what the thematic link is yet, but I'm sure there is one. I think it's there's it's too big, too important of a. This is what we're ending the show on, right? This this fight. There's no way in this show there isn't a thematic link. Actually, just I'm just thinking about Price now. And I'm thinking about how he was a he was a father who wasn't in the picture. He did care about his daughter, and he couldn't protect her. So now he's trying to at least get some redemption or do something in her name after her death, which immediately makes him a better father than than uh, Elliot's dad. You know, it makes him better than him. <laughs> and it does. You know, there's elements there to that. Uh, that's that's interesting. Like I said, you know, he wasn't there, but weirdly not in, not in a malicious way right i mean I, I, this might be an extreme statement but i think not being there is better than being there and molesting them oh no no i agree <laughs> yeah. even even before that price not being there it never felt like a, a malicious thing it, it, it wasn't necessarily like oh yeah he left her and walked away it wasn't it wasn't really his choice at any point and it never feels like mm. it was just you know angela had her family and Price was just like, you know what? Okay, I'm just staying out of this. Yeah, in a weird way. Like, I'm not. not I don't know why I'm defending Price so hard. This is weird. I thought it was the idea of going, going, just looking at, you know, parents in the show, and like how they treat their kids. You know, whether it's parents in the flashbacks, parents in present day. How does Tyrell treat his kids? Uh, whenever we've seen that, how does he care about his child? When he talks about his past and why he wants to be a good father, uh, I don't remember that speech all that too well. But I feel like if I listen to it again now, I'm going to have an extra little bit of, hey, that's just how this kind of. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna feel differently. Do you know, yeah, that's gonna be such a weird thing. Rewatching this show from the start now is not hating Tyrell from the start. <laughs> yeah, Ty- Tyrell's kind of an interesting character in that he. We kind of like Tyrell now. He's a he was a very broken character as well, who came out much more vicious than Elliot did. Um, and yeah. even Vera, Vera, you know, assuming that he's telling the truth about his past, he came out in a much darker place than Elliot did. Um, so, I get no, just I, yeah. I, I, I hate to come back to this, but you know, the superhero thing, uh, yeah, that's that's the difference between superheroes and supervillains, right? Is the, the villains also have a tragedy, but they take it in a different way to to the to the to the heroes, right? The heroes yeah. overcome that and and do right. I'm not going to let this happen to anyone else, and the villains lean into it and wallow in it and 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 kind of lash out because of it you know a lot of villains anyway not obviously all of them, but a lot of them have that sympathetic origin for the which is often very similar in ways to the heroes yeah um i, I mean i can see elliot dying at the end of this you know i can see him mm-hmm. getting some closure and dying in a sort of heroic moment i think what i kind of need now and i'll break my heart if it doesn't happen is he needs to save darlene <laughs> he needs to save darlene yeah I think um, I think he will in the sense that it's kind of what this has always been about. Like you know, like even, fact, you know, actually, hiding her in the cupboard, it was always about saving Darlene. In fact, even just thinking about Darlene now with Dom, like the idea that Darlene ruined someone's life, and she's seen someone else, like she's seen her father ruin her brother's life, and it's not in the same way, of course. But she did have sex with her. She did trick her with sex, and it wasn't coerced sex, but it, like the yeah, idea yeah. it was used in it some was manipulative, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I think that weighs upon you know when she looks guilty in that last episode when she's in the bathtub saying she's a shitty person and in in whatever and like the dark and that Dom is good and you know she shouldn't do this because she's good like I think I now watched that scene differently thinking about that now in that context where 
she's seen what her father did to to Elliot, and you know maybe feels more guilty as a result of that because she's seen the effect of this kind of thing. Yeah. This is added. God damn it! I love this episode. Layers upon layers. And it's up there with some of the best in the show, for sure. It's, it's why I said at the start, this might be my favorite episode because, not just because of the revelations. While obviously they're mm. so important, and you know they they you know recontextualize the show, but the acting I think in this episode is probably the best in the entire show from everyone across the board, all all three of them. I, I, yeah, credit to Krista because I think Krista as well. Um, it's it's a much more understated performance as compared to the other two. But, but she's she's always been a solid supporting player, and I think it was nice for her to get this episode to really show off, like yeah. her her skills. Because um, you you say three of them, and obviously I'm assuming you're meaning Vera, Mister Robot, and Elliot. I I'm I'm going to throw in Krista as a yeah as another yeah, option here because uh, she's great here. Um, uh, and again, going back to the idea that she protects Elliot by killing Vera at the end, which is again something she's never done. This is this is not a person who's been a killer or ever had to be in combat like this, as far as we know, anyway. And so it's a big step for her. But I think what I love about this, the idea that she's protecting Elliot, is she's doing the thing that perhaps his mother wasn't doing when he was a child. Yeah. You know, not that her mother, should, his mother, should have literally stabbed you know Edward in the back, but 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 saving him. Yes, the idea that yeah. she's stepping in and being there for him in a way, and I think you know you go back to that previous episode where she was scared of him and she's like, "Oh, don't see me again," and you can't, your heart kind of breaks because you know, and maybe the reason why Elliot was hurting him so bad is because this was reminding him of his mother being neglectful and not being there for him, and that he did feel that she was there for him, but now she won't be for different reasons. Um. But this moment is her accepting, I need to be there for him. I need to be this rock in his life because he needs that. And she may still be scared of him next episode, but she still took this step. She still stepped forward and she still made sure that this guy couldn't take advantage of him. She made sure that one thing couldn't happen. Yeah, I personally, I don't think she's scared of him anymore. She's seen how vulnerable he is. No, that's I fair, yeah. It, I think it's hard to be scared of him after that, uh, you know, for her perspective. I think it's fair. And even just the way that he's always tried to save her throughout the entire episode, I think probably gives her a bit of confidence that he's he's not he's never going to turn around and attack her or anything like that. He's And and also the fact that Mr. Robot defended her as well. Yeah. I think that's important because he, he was you know, the the loose cannon, the the unstable element that she was referring to as being afraid of, and I I don't think she is after this. Yeah, absolutely. Um this episode, I mean, I think we've went about 90 minutes so far on this. <laughs> yeah, I kind of lost track because of some tech issues. But... Yeah, some tech issues might be recorded in chunks, so we don't know exactly what the length is, but... Long. Long. And, I, I... <laughs> and you know, some of the best Mr. Robot episodes have done this to us, where we, we do go on these massive conversations talking about how new information affects old episodes or old scenes. This might be the first time since since the end of season one where it completely recontextualizes the entire thing. You know, we've had definitely a lot of things where it's made us reconsider things. You know, I remember season two where we talking a lot about time travel because it was all those time clock hints and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, and then we've had things of, well, maybe it's all dimensions now. So, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's, again, recontextualize that element of things. Yeah we, we, yeah, we go in a bit of a rabbit hole talking about the weird theories and the science fiction possibilities, even though I don't necessarily believe it's ever going to go down the actual science fiction route. Uh, although I do believe that thematically that conversation is still worth having because it, it, they're, they're kind of playing with the ideas of that, even if and they're not literally doing it. This this alternate version of reality where, where his father was his friend. Hmm. Yeah, like not you know, and and I mean that in a, in a genuine way, 
Like that, that, that that's kind of that's the one he's created in his head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's is alternate that, reality. That alternate reality is that possibly real somewhere? Well, damn. Uh, that <laughs> that's yeah. uh, episode seven. Just before we go, I, I yeah. actually checked the IMDb list. Oh, as of right now, it's actually number two. Uh. It was uh, it was a uh, Ozymandias from Breaking Bad that was presumably number two before that that's now number three, and it's the uh, the Attack on Titan episode that's uh, number one. Those are the only three episodes as of right now on IMDb with a perfect ten. <laughs> and then I, j- I just will say just the next couple because they made me laugh because four is another Attack on Titan episode. Th- these are nine point nines now, uh, another Attack on Titan episodes. Five is an episode of Chernobyl. That's uh, that makes sense. W- w- which one? Uh, Vichnia Pamya. No number. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> um, and then six, six cracked me up. It's an episode of Lazy Town. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a kids show that was a little after your time. It started in like two thousand and two. Okay. Um, I I know it because of my young my youngest brother was kind of in that range. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm familiar with what it is. It, it's, um, but I was like, why is that? You know the sixth best episode on IMDb. It kind of threw me for a loop, and then we're into Game of Thrones. So sometimes I just uh, it's, it's just down to is there enough people actually rating it? Because if, if 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 only you know, I, I mean, there is a limit to how many people have to rate it for it to be considered for these lists. Because you know, if only ten people rate it, it, doesn't count. But I have to imagine there's just over the threshold where enough people give it a ten, <laughs> and then no one else is voting for it, so it just stays at ten. Yeah, probably. It's interesting because just it, it, IMDb here tells me how many votes these mm-hmm. things have. So for context, Breaking Bad at number three, uh, that episode has a hundred eight thousand votes. That's a lot for an episode of TV because usually single episodes of TV don't get a lot of votes. Yeah, yeah. Um, next on on this, uh, you know, um, out of those top six, uh, Chernobyl has you know forty seven thousand. But uh, you know, we go down to Mr. Robot as of right now. This again will probably change because it only has just under three thousand right now. Yeah, so, so it might go down a little bit when people change that. You know, when some people who don't love it as much maybe vote as in, in yeah, the next yeah. you know, week. That, I mean, that always happens, which is why it probably go down. Um, yeah. Do you not remember Dark Knight was number one on IMDb two fifty for a while before it kind of started to slide down a little bit? Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, it always happens. Uh, so that is episode seven. Or Mr. Robot. No doubt there's more to even dissect and talk about that we didn't even touch upon. I'm sure but stuff will come up. Um you can you can feel free to obviously add in the comments what you think of the episode and your thoughts and theories. Uh like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, I will mention I did hear something that was in the 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 ad for next time. I intentionally did not mention it because we don't talk about the ads for next time. And typically I, I don't even like knowing what's in them. I just happen to accidentally stumble on something. Yeah, I never watched them. Um so for the sake of everyone else, if you're going to talk about what's in the, the, the next episode via the ads, uh, make sure there's a spoiler warning for other people. Not everyone wants to know what's coming just because it was revealed in an ad. Um, so so do that. But uh, yeah, uh, you can let us know what you think of the episode uh, in the comments, like and subscribe, ding the bell on YouTube, get the notifications. Uh, you can support us by rating the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, get us higher in their rankings. Uh, I don't expect to ever get to number two on Apple's podcasts, but <laughs> get us as high as we can. 
a man can dream yes uh, you can support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV. you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and you get some bonuses you get outtakes you get uh, bonus shows of some of our movie podcasts and whatever else but mostly you just get to feel warm and fuzzy that you're keeping all the content coming and supporting the show uh, but otherwise that is us get us on twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates uh, keep watching tv be, come back next week for mr robot and as far as plugging all the stuff goes uh, you can check out me and tower reviewing watchmen next episode of that will be out in about you know, a day or so's time after this and you can check out me and Kyle reviewing the Mandalorian uh, which is definitely not as meaty to talk about unfortunately but uh, it looks nice well, but, yeah. and, and I say this, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan you know that I ain't got shit on Mr. Robot <laughs> not just the Mandalorian the entirety of Star Wars has nothing on Mr. Robot from an objective quality point of view I I probably agree. <laughs> yes, you do. But I still care more. <laughs> oh, no, I care more about Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot's better than all Star Wars. Beautiful. But, but, that's not the point. I, I, look, you got it out of me. Are you, just be happy, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> all right. That said, you, have, you haven't seen The World Between Worlds and Rebels, so... I'm not watching the silly kids cartoon. Uh, we can see you next time for more Mr. Robots. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have we got any vanilla?